You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's that time. Your fix is here. College football is a year-round discussion with these two. Here's J.C. and Morgan. Mike Morgan of ESPN and J.C. Sherbert of 24-7 Sports have you covered. Beginning right now. Welcome, everybody. It's another installment of J.C. and Morgan, installment number 184, uh, officially. I think we might have screwed up the count last week, but we're back on on track. 184. Hope everybody is doing well. He is J.C. Sherbert of 24-7 Sports. I'm Mike Morgan of ESPN SEC Network, and we are ready to go. This will be the... One of those, we're going hyperspeed. We're going to get it all in in under an hour, and there's plenty to talk about. And as always, this fine podcast presented by the fine folks at BlueDeltaJeans.com for the very best custom-fit jeans and any kind of pants for that matter. Blue Delta has you covered. Don't even have to go to the store in uh, Oxford, although if you're in Oxford, I definitely recommend it. Great folks over there. Uh, But you can just get your measurements off the website. And before you know it, they're shipped to your door and ready to go, and you will look and feel your very best. That's BlueDeltaJeans.com. JC, another busy offseason. The coaching carousel continues. We've got a bit of a debacle going on uh, with a quarterback that's been going vacillating back and forth between Florida and Miami. Uh, We've got, I I think, nothing uh, negative in terms of – anybody getting in trouble with anything at least not in football for right now so i think i think we're cool there and I, I, there's also i wanted to get later on maybe take a deep dive the top draft picks for the 2024 draft which means the players that you'll see on the college football gridiron in 2023 with all that being said how are you my friend really good mike i just want to say that I got my pair of blue delta jeans um you know, sometimes you go into these things and you're like, the miracle of it is this. Is I'm kind of funny shaped, you know? Uh, and so it's hard to get, to get jeans for me, you know, and um, that fit. Um, and uh, I, I was like, how the heck are they going to do this? There's no lady with a tape measure. And, and, and I don't I don't know. I didn't even know half my numbers because I'm, I'm that dumb about that stuff. Right. Uh, and boy, I got those and they're the most well-fitting comfortable jeans uh i've had in a long time so there you go i wanted i wanted to give my testimonial there and say you know yeah i know uh sometimes in, in life you, you pay for what you get yeah so uh and, and i know that they're not they're not on the cheap end but right. man oh man you put those things on you just you feel like a million dollars so you feel was, like uh, a million dollars and, and I'm hard, I'm, yeah and i'm hard to i'm hard to. I, I can't it's hard for me to find jeans that fit and fit right but boy i, I don't know how they do it it, it, it must be modern science or, or just a, mir- a miracle <laughs> but I, I, you know I, I like i said i didn't even have half my numbers in there boy they fit great so just wanted they're, to give they're, that they're, shout out they're the great American success story because they're, you know, they're, they're locally owned and operated uh, a couple of guys from Mississippi that, that got it all cranked up. I, I appreciate those things more than ever, uh, not to get off on a complete tangent, but uh, you were in Atlanta for a while. The other day, we all have like our favorite restaurants, right? And for years, I've been in Atlanta now, 12 years, 
they're uh and everybody says they've got the best wings in town but for for my money and jc i know you got a chance to to take part in this uh there was a place so conveniently located too like right down the street from my house called wing ranch and wing ranch had been around for 25 years and like everybody else they struggled during covid and then in the last two years it's like we've all learned things in terms that we never knew about like we've heard of inflation before we just haven't felt it to this magnitude since i don't know jimmy carter you and i were just babies uh we we know what a recession looks like we've been through those it seems like one of those happens every decade or so but like i didn't know what supply chain was or meant and then you talk to local business owners and you're like oh no that's a big deal like that's affecting everything that's that's why everything is more expensive and that's why a lot of your favorite businesses might be going uh out of business well wing ranch is just a small dive type place. There's nothing fancy about it. There's usually two or three people working the whole thing. And there's like four tables. Most people get carry out uh, like a lot of successful businesses. And uh, it's been a staple here. And the other day I go there and I'm craving wings and there's a sign on the door and it says, I'm sorry to, to uh, notify everybody that we're going to have to shut down for 25 years. And it's just like, Oh man. So, I say all that to get to this, like if you have a local business out there that you really like and you, you get to know the people, just do what you can to support them. Because what we've learned here more than ever recently is there's no guarantee that they're going to be there forever. Um, it, it always looks like it's just a well-oiled machine and it could never possibly go out of business, but they have, it's kind of like, you know, those programs, you, like there was a time you thought Texas could never be bad in football got so many things going for them and and the people there love the product and and then all of a sudden poof they they can't they can't win much they can't compete for championships so nothing is guaranteed in life uh and you, you really i i've i've learned to appreciate good working people good hard working people go to the Atlanta airport and have to deal with some of the gate agents you'll realize what non good hard working people look like these are people that <laughs> every day with a crappy attitude that could care less about you know your travels and in some cases for whatever reason they just don't seem to like you very much or like their station in life and and therefore if they've got an opportunity to help you or make your life a living hell they might lean toward make your life a living hell that's unfortunate that's sad but that's a reality in some cases whereas there are some people out there uh some businesses that uh, you know they, they're not making a ton of money this is not walmart this is you know, this is not a Amazon. This is just regular local businesses, and uh, do what you can to support them, keep them happy. Uh, I don't know where I got on all that, but it's just been on my mind because I've seen a lot of things here lately, and it, I, I've learned a lot. There's no, there's no teaching better than living through things. There, there's just, there's just things you can't get out of a textbook. And boy, have we learned a lot of stuff here lately on. Uh, on just the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you this, it, it was a personal, Mike actually, uh, when I was in Atlanta, we, we frequented wing ranch, you know, about three or four times, I think. And, uh, I'm funny about my wings. Uh, I think I, I like the style of wings. Mike does. I like, uh, not fat, fatty wings and all. I like them smaller, right. lean and mean with the meat. Uh, and I like the drums, I, the, the flats were good there too. Never had a bad wing from wing ranch ever. Uh, and bigger is uh, not better when it comes there. to wings. Yeah, in my opinion, yeah, it's that's me. I like because so, so I was I was hooked too, and uh, 
you know, meant to bring my fiance down uh, when we were in Atlanta or when she visited me in Atlanta stuff, never got around to it, but I almost cried when I got yeah. that picture. <laughs> it was Mike a sent me a photo. Yeah. I seriously looked at it and I like kind of stopped and paused and had a thought and was like, man, but you're absolutely right. Support your small business, local business. Um, I know I work with a lot of them in the South Carolina market. Uh, and I know uh, even up here where I live, I, I go out of the way uh, to support uh, local businesses, probably one establishment in particular, a little too much, but uh, <laughs> you know, hey, that's the way it goes. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, definitely agree with you there. You you and I have done local sports talk radio and, you know, 90% of the commercials are, are, are what we call local direct, you know, so they're, they're not Geico, they're not Amazon, they're not Budweiser, they're, they're local businesses. And, and very often you're, you're getting to know them because you're a client and then you're speaking on their behalf. So uh, it, it puts it in perspective. I learned more from doing commercials for local businesses because you meet the owner and you find out how they do things, how they run things. And it's, it's fascinating. I mean, we just take for granted that all that stuff is turnkey. It's not. And uh, again, the, um, the casualties uh, lately have been uh, have been sad to see. So uh, if nothing else, all of you can relate to that. You've all had your favorite restaurant or shop go out of business here recently. And it's like, you, it does. You feel like you lost a member of the family. So, okay. Mm-hmm. That aside, um, let's talk about some of the, uh, the, the news and notes. And particularly around the SEC, JC, we, we've got coordinator changes all over the place. You thought Petrino was... Uh, was big news. I mean, now you've got Kendall Bryles leaving Arkansas. You've got Pete Golding leaving Alabama for Ole Miss. Uh, you've got Bill O'Brien. I, and I, I could tell you this, having been to Tuscaloosa in November and speaking with both those coordinators, I mean, you just had a feeling that they might not be around much longer. Like Alabama loses two games by a combined four points and all hell breaks loose. And the amount of criticism that those two got – a lot of it to me was unjustified. I, I I don't think they're the reason why Alabama wasn't in the playoff. Those guys can can coach, but you can't you can't convince uh, some of the fans that sometimes. But anyway, not shocking that both those guys moved on. And of course, it's always going to be Nick Saban's defense in, in effect. And then offensively, how many how many O's? It'd be interesting to see JC. Let's see, Nick took over in 07 in Tuscaloosa. How many offensive coordinators has he had? In that time frame, because what are we talking about? 15, 16 years? I'll bet you it's it's yeah. gotta be over 10, right? I think because the average guy doesn't stay that long. Sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for not so good reasons. They're not, they're not there long. Because if you do really well, you get promoted. And if you don't do well, you get pushed aside. But it, it's a high number. For a program that's so consistently good, the amount of turnover they've had with their coordinators is amazing. It really is. The, yeah, I, I, no doubt. Uh, their their entire coaching staff, Mike, is uh, is turns over quite more than your normal uh, programming. It could contrast that to like Clemson, who hired Garrett Riley, by the way, um, from TCU, which I think is a, a huge big hire for them, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the first time in ten years Dabo's gone outside the family. I mean, it's probably since he hired Brent Venables. Uh, right. And that was 20 right before the 2012 season, you know, um, but the, the number seven, but it seems like more than that. Right. 
<laughs> and it's seven. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, it feels like it's yeah. twelve, but yeah. I mean, well, it's seven, seven and fifteen. Seven and fifteen, 15 years. years. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Ma Ooh. Major Applewhite was the first one. Major uh, Applewhite, and then uh, Jim McElwain, away yep, to yep. eleven. Uh, Joe Pendry was, I think, they had the, had a title there for a while too. He's really good. So then Doug Nussmeyer took over for McElwain, yep. I, I remember think, him. and then uh, after him, uh, I think that's when Lane Kiffin got the call. Uh, and Lane Kiffin, of course, replaced by Sark, Steve Sarkeesian, and then uh, Bill O'Brien. And, and uh, Lane Kiffin latest. will always serve as a bookmark for the Nick Saban, um, for his career, but sp specifically at Alabama. The Lane Kiffin bookmark is when Alabama decided we're no longer going to run that type of conservative offense. And I use conservative yeah. in quotes. That's you know that you can find a different adjective to use, but you get it. Once Lane got there, they opened things up. They did a lot of the 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 principles that we see so many offenses in college football use. And all of a sudden, instead of trying to win every game, you know, twenty four to thirteen, Alabama was involved in some shootouts. And some would say Nick needed to get to that point in order to get to the next level. And you've seen Kirby Smart. To, to some extent do that as well. I think a lot of people be surprised to know the guy that led the SEC in passing last year was not Will Rogers of the air raid offense at Mississippi State, and it wasn't Hendon Hooker of Tennessee. It was Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett ah, yeah. for 4,000 yards. So they, yes. I mean, even, yeah. even with Stetson, and, and they opened it up. Um, but, again, I, uh, I this is like ADD uh, commentary by myself. To go back to all the coordinator – uh, deals, JC. What what are some of the other ones that stood out to you? Well, you know, Pete Golding. I, I think he, he's lasted a while. I mean, I guess he replaced Kirby. So, I mean, hadn't he been there about six years? I think so. Um, you know, now it's so him going to Ole Miss. I, and I think sometimes, you know, I think because I think Golding got that job when when Pete was like thirty seven years old. Um, you go that long at Alabama. Um, I, I understand. You know, like. I don't necessarily agree with their fans going off on Bill O'Brien. And uh, I do understand to a certain extent about the defense because, you know, Alabama's had a great defense under Saban. But, you know, hey, in football, it's a complimentary game. Sometimes if you're going to go fast on offense and throw a bunch of long passes and score quickly, uh, that means more possessions for the other offense. So, you know, statistics and logic and probability and all that tell you, you're probably going to give up more points because mm -hmm. they got the ball more, you know. Just look at what Zach Arnett decided to do at Mississippi State, to your point. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, uh, you know, you kind of look at that and it's like, well, um, you know, and I don't know. With Golding, it may have just been time, you know, to go try something different. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, He'll have a lot more autonomy to do what he wants on defense at uh, Ole Miss under Kiffin than he did at Alabama. And, uh, you know, I, I think maybe the head coach, you know, Pete, I always heard Pete Golding, oh, he's going to be a head coach soon, head coach soon, head coach soon. Well, it didn't happen. Um, and so so what do you do next? I, th I think maybe sometimes you go try to, you know, do it somewhere else so people kind of see, hey, he's not really. And I, and I think that's one of the reasons Garrett Riley – uh, as at Clemson, because Dabo will give, I mean, obviously Dabo gives his coordinators full autonomy. Um, and uh, when you work for Sonny Dykes, who's such a good offensive mind, sometimes people don't think you're calling the plays. Well, he was, 
uh, Garrett Garrett Riley was calling the plays for TCU last year, but uh, you know, going to Clemson, another thing too, path of least resistance, like we always talk about, mm-hmm. um, taking a the Clemson OC job as opposed to you know maybe going to Arkansas or someplace like that. You know, you, you've got you know the best talent um, in that league in the ACC. Um, you got a really good bunch of defensive players to to help you out. Um, it's Clemson. They've won championships. Uh, you know, that's a, that could be a real big springboard for Garrett Riley. So I don't, I don't blame him for going to Clemson. I mean, you know, Bryles, I can't say that Bryles leaving completely shocked me, especially going back to a Texas, Texas school. Um, TCU obviously is a, uh, haven't played for the, even though they got, you know, ran out of the building in the national championship game, that's kind of a breakthrough for them. Um, you know, I, 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 I really do think that that, you know, that, that Kendall probably could have taken some other OC jobs or, or actually, you know, maybe got passed over for one of the other OC jobs or something like that. Uh, but I, I think that's a good fit for him, uh, out there. And then Arkansas goes and, uh, they're going back to the future with the pit boss a little bit. They hired Dan Enos, uh, who was there under Brett Bielema. Uh, Dan's the one that went to Alabama and then, uh, I guess when, who was it? Somebody left Kiffin left or yeah, Kiffin left, uh, or no, no, no. Sark left for Texas. And, and he was like, where's Dan? And Dan had taken the OC job at Miami. (laughs) I didn't, I never, never, nobody knew, uh, that was in a book or something, but, um, you know, Enos uh, obviously left Miami and goes to Maryland where he's coaching with Mike Loxley. And um, uh, my understanding is uh, a source inside of a, uh, a major college football program that knows him said uh, the Philadelphia Eagles actually visited with Dan Enos. Uh, and, you know, Philadelphia is probably, you know, it's probably not a bad drive down to College Station uh, to get some ideas about some concepts they could use. Uh, with Jalen Hurts, RPO, run pass option offense uh, options and stuff like that. And the yeah, Eagles have had a pretty good year on offense, right? Uh, so uh, th- that's what kind of coordinator Arkansas is getting. And uh, my feeling, having talked to people out there, is that it may be a situation where Dan Enos may want to may, may be more a little more aligned with like who Sam Pittman is philosophically like in his heart. Um, and so that'll happen there. Uh, you know, South Carolina has got a new offensive coordinator, obviously Dowell Loggins, who also came from Arkansas, uh, spent a lot of years in the NFL, kind of reinventing himself. That'll be interesting to find out and see how that happens. Um, you know, Tennessee hired an OC, but I don't even know his name because, uh, it's Josh Heupel's offense, right? <laughs> uh, I think it may have been an, an internal promotion. Um, but I'll say this with Bill O'Brien and, the, and there is a report out today, Mike, he is interviewing with the Patriots to go back and work for Belichick again. If he does that, it's going to be real interesting to see what direction Nick Saban goes with this offense. I, I, I you know, you, you kind of look on staff. There's a lot of former South Carolina guys on staff, Robert Gillespie, uh, Eric Wolford, Joe Cox, um, not sure any of them are, are ready to take the uh, OC job at Alabama. So it'd probably be an external coaching. hire. Yeah, it'd probably be an external hire. And uh, I'll be very curious to see, you know, what, what direction Nick 
saving goes. Uh, I think with defense, um, you may see Jeremy Pruitt back in Tuscaloosa for the third straight time, for the third time. Maybe and not. He's actually – he was the one that preceded uh, – he, he came in. But, yes. Yeah. He was uh, – Kirby left, and then he – because he left Georgia when Kirby got there, right? Was or it, he was there uh, one year. Wasn't Sinceri uh, D.C. for a little bit, too? I know his, his kid was a safety. I think Sal, yeah, Sal was was. Or is he just a position DC. coach? Yeah, Sal, Sal's had some titles, I think, for that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah. All right, so here's how it went down. Pruitt was at Georgia the last two years under rig. He leaves when Kirby gets there, and then Kirby uh, – so Kirby goes to Georgia. Pruitt's back at Alabama two years. And I, I, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I misled our audience. Uh, Pete Golding did not replace Kirby Smart. He replaced Jeremy Pruitt because when Pruitt that's what was, I was saying, Tennessee, yeah. that's yeah, what happened. Yeah. And then he was with the Giants, and he's been out of coaching this year. Um, so, so is that is is that does the does Alabama Part Three uh, Pruitt Part Three take place? Oh there? gosh, I no, know. I don't think. I, I mean, to uh, me, he's untouchable. So, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. We all know. Things are forgiven. I just I don't know if you need that if you're Nick Saban, uh, uh, Jeremy. The way all that went down in Knoxville, I I don't think that's a mess you need to you need to pick up at this point. Again, it's going to be Nick's defense. You you want a competent coordinator to help make adjustments and call plays on the spot, but um, you don't have to you don't have to go. Uh, I don't want to say it's a desperate move, but like I just think there's other places he can go. O- offensively, that's the bigger challenge in my mind. Because we know Nick pretty much lately at least has left it in the hands of the actual coordinator. And and you know, they've they've clearly evolved over there with the with the way they've done things. So we'll we'll see how that um how that transpires uh over time. Uh, by the way, the biggest Coaching news is the news that didn't happen. Jim Harbaugh is not leaving for the NFL. He is staying ah. at Michigan. Now he's got a co-offensive coordinator, Matt Weiss, who's on the leave right now, uh, amid of uh, amid some allegations of a, a quote report of computer access crimes, and that happened at Shem Beckler Hall back in December. Uh, yeah, that, that's just that's that's above me. I can't. <laughs> Computer access in. crimes. That's what did, it did says. He, That's the article. Did he, uh, did he did break he into somebody's it? email? Is he a I hacker? Don't I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a very specific crime that I truly know nothing about. Um, but there, <laughs> but it's out there. So we'll see how that goes down. Um, more importantly, Jim Harbaugh is back for Michigan. Look, that's a that's kind of a pain in the ass situation if you're a Michigan fan. Like, are you going to have to keep going through this? I I have no doubt in my mind that some of that had to do with the fact, yeah, Jim is enamored with the NFL and may always be, but also after the pay cut that he took, the haircut, he wasn't even in the top three or four in Big Ten coaching salaries. I don't even, I don't even know if he's in the top five. Like, I forget where he fell, but. Yeah, that's one of those like, okay, you're getting me at my most vulnerable moment because I just got beat by Ohio State again. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna eat the crow. But I'm sure in the back of Jim's mind, being the let's just say uh headstrong guy that he is, he's thinking, you know what? If I do turn this around, I'm gonna hold you guys over the barrel. 
I'm going to flirt with every NFL job and I'm going to milk you athletic director uh, for everything that you can possibly f- uh, find in the cookie jar, uh, get it out of the till and pay me what I'm worth. Uh, I don't know where that stands now. I, 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 if, if he got a bump in pay, I, maybe I missed it. I'm sure he's going to get one, but, uh, but make no mistake about it. He's, he, he, people like Jim Harbaugh don't forget that. I'm not sure if anybody, uh, any of us would forget that, right? You're asked to take a pay cut. That's kind of, that's a crappy thing that have to, I'm sure, you know, we've, we've all had to take a haircut at some point in time. And sometimes the, the excuse is, well, it's the economy. And so therefore everybody's having to do it. Well, that wasn't the case with Jim Harbaugh. That was, sorry, Jim, you're not doing good enough. I'm not going to fire you, but in order to let you know how you're not doing good enough, we got a ton of money at Michigan, but I'm cutting your pay by millions per year. And that doesn't sit well with Jim Harbaugh or probably anybody else. Probably not. Now his, his co-OC, uh, it looks like he's hacked somebody's email, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, How does that happen? How does that happen? That's isn't um, that like a federal crime, isn't it? That, like that's not, uh, you know, Barney Fife's not knocking on your door over something <laughs> like that. Yeah, sure that's, a, a, that's a pretty serious deal right there. So anyway, um, I think that covers just about all the coaches. Am I missing anybody? Oh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Browse. We we talked about Browse. Talked about Enos, um, O'Brien, Golding. Yeah, I think we pretty much uh, we pretty much covered that uh, for right now. Yeah, the the assistant yeah, think- coaches carousel. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, it- Brian Hartline got uh, promoted to uh, OC at uh, Ohio State. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, Kevin, because been- Kevin Wilson went to Tulsa. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hardline, former NFL uh, receiver, been a very popular position coach. Uh, so that's probably not that uh, surprising that that they would go in-house for that one because, again, he has been – the reviews have been quite good on Mr. Yes. Hardline. Absolutely. There is one interesting we, – we don't have time to get through every transfer portal story, but the Jake Garcia story is interesting to me, uh, the Miami quarterback who's officially in the portal – I had that that woeful Miami Virginia game that went quadruple overtime without a single touchdown. Well, Garcia started that game because Van Dyke was hurt. So his story is phenomenal in that he was at Southern Cal. He's a former top twenty-five overall recruit in the class of twenty twenty-one. In order for him to transfer, and I can't remember all the details, his parents had to get divorced in order to go from Cali to Miami with no sitting out or anything, it, it, it because it, it, no, I, let, let me take that back in order to change high schools. That's what it was in order to change high schools. He, his parents got a divorce. It was the only way that he could be qualified for the new high school district. Again, this is more your world than mine, JC, but I just remember that was like a fascinating story. Well, after all that, the kid goes to Miami and after all of that, uh, he didn't look particularly good in the game I did. He's uh, he's in the portal now. So Jake Garcia is uh, is in the portal. And then, of course, I, I guess this is going to be like the newest Netflix show. Whatever Colorado and Dion do, make headline news. So he's talking about like 80% of his guys are going to come out of the portal. And you got guys leaving Colorado that are upset. And you got Dion. Uh, kind of peacocking all over the place and letting you know that, hey, man, with 
there's a new sheriff in town uh, in Boulder. And so, I, I mean, like every time you look at the college football crawl, it's Colorado this, Colorado that, which is such a far cry from what we've seen for the last, what, 20 years in Boulder. They haven't made much good news about anything. So if you wanted the publicity, boy, you got it. I mean, Colorado is like, it is internet fodder as much as anything right now. Oh, and yeah, number three, according to 24-7 Sports, number three transfer portal class uh, in the country. Um, I'll tell you what I like about Deion Sanders is uh, his, his hire uh, at OC is a little understated. Uh, Sean Lewis was the head coach at Kent State. Yeah. And now he, he's the OC caller. Tim Brewster, who I know really well, is on that staff. Um, great recruiter. Legendary recruiter, actually. Um, and look, they had a great – I mean, they got a corner from Ole Miss. They got an end from Arkansas. They got an end for Taylor Upshaw from Michigan. They got – Cavassier Smoke from Kentucky. They got Miles <laughs> Slush. They got Miles Slusher from from Arkansas. They have an offensive lineman from Florida that's good. They have uh, Jace Feely, who I think's Jay Feely's son, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's the that's their kicker. They got uh, you know you keep going on and on with these guys. I mean, you you got a lot of really good players. They poached Jackson State for what like Travis Hunter and. Uh, Sudur Sanders, of course, was going to come anyway. But, uh, I mean, Vonta Bentley from Clemson was a, was a big linebacker. I mean, this is going to like – it's going to be interesting to see what happens because, Mike, th- this transfer class is, is – I mean, it's stout. I mean, you know, not everybody's going to pan out, obviously, but 23 guys from the portal coming in. Um and, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll see. And some really good ones. I mean, you know, uh, Travis Hunter's a really good player. I mean, you know, uh, he, he hadn't lost talent or anything. And, you know, I like all the de- the defensive linemen that he's gotten are really good. Cavassier Smoke. I mean, you've watched him play a whole lot, right? Yeah. Um, Got really good house. back. Yeah. 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 He's talented. He just he, – he, he was in and out of the doghouse with Coach Stoops. I'm not yeah, surprised that uh, – that, that he he wasn't around. Yeah, no, look, like I said all along, um, there, there are already several media members outwardly rooting for Dion to, to do well. And that's, you know, yeah. that's why we see this all the time. Like, there are talking heads. It's one thing if the, the talking heads root for their guy, but if their guy doesn't get the, the opportunity, then they root against the other guy. And, and it, it's like all these thinly veiled, passive-aggressive attacks that you see on all these – carnival barking shows and on the internet and everything else. Um, my stance on Dion has always been this. I'm not an anti Dion guy. I'm not a Dion fan. I, I grew up as a kid watching Dion play in huge games at Florida state, immensely talented. Um, I watched him in the NFL, put together a terrific career. I watched him at times. He never wanted to tackle. And the whole notion that he shuts down half the field was ridiculous. Cause if I run a five yard out and then I have another receiver run a post corner 35 yards down the field. Dion's fast, but he ain't that fast. So he doesn't shut down half the field. So a lot of, a lot of hyperbole came with Dion as well. Um, always plenty of swag and everything else. I thought it'd be fascinating to see him in the SEC. Never thought Auburn was going to hire him, but I was all on board if he got the job because I just want to <laughs> see. I want to see what happens. Now he's out in Boulder and it's still going to get national news, but it's not quite 
what it would get if he was in like the SEC or the Big Ten. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. Like I said, it's a fascinating experiment uh, to see how that all comes to fruition. And there's no question he's, for the time being, he's bringing in players. He's getting people in the porter. He's selling, selling, selling. Um, now, and as you mentioned, hired some veteran coordinators because Dion's not a play caller. He didn't do that at Jackson State. He didn't, if you watch Dion during timeouts, when I mean, it was he wasn't coming up with stuff like that's just that's not his thing. You don't have to be now. You can delegate as, as a head coach. A lot of head coaches do that. So we'll see how it shakes out in uh, Boulder. But it'll be um, it'll be fascinating to say the least. By the way, speaking of a guy with swagger, Lane Kiffin. Uh, how many more quarterbacks are they going to get in the portal? Because they got another one today, JC. Yeah, wow. Uh, you know, uh, Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders, am I correct to say that? Yeah, uh, you got it. From Not Oklahoma Rattler. State. Not Rattler. Spencer Rattler Sanders. Yeah, Deion Sanders, Spencer Rattler, all this other stuff. Uh, yeah, Spencer Sanders. Now, now look, this is going to – this is gonna because they also got Walker Howard from uh, LSU, who was a highly regarded recruit, but never could quite win the job there. But uh, – yeah, Spencer Sanders, shoot, you know, really good QB. Uh, I, I think this is just another big time pickup out of the portal for Kiffin. Uh, he's got ten transfers heading in, but the, this is probably the biggest one because I don't know about you, Mike. I, you know, Jackson Dart had an okay year. I mean, he almost got beat out early. I, I, yeah, I just. I don't know that Jacks. I mean, I, I think Spencer Sanders. All right, I'm just going to say it. I think Spencer Sanders is better than Jackson Dart, and he'll probably beat him out. <laughs> just mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so I think he, I think, I think Kevin's upgrading uh, with this, and um, you know, I, I think that uh, this is the type of QB, uh, given what he can do with his arm, especially, but also his legs, that can really, really do big things uh, in this offense at Ole Miss. They are Lane is the master of the portal in terms of the sec coaches. I don't know if there's anybody in the last two years that has reeled in, uh, in terms of quantity and quality, the way that lane has, and maybe he feels like he's got to do that. You know, maybe in, in the rec- pure, uh, recruiting classes, he's not going to outrank Bama, Georgia, A&M, LSU, uh, probably forgetting another school or two. Like Ole Miss has never been that program. Correct me if I'm wrong, JC, that, well, I guess for a little bit with Hugh Freeze, outside of that, they've yeah. never been that school that outranks all the heavyweights in the SEC in recruiting. So maybe Lane figures this is going to be my blueprint for how we stay good uh, consistently in the league without having top 10 recruiting classes every year. Well, I mean, and here's the thing, too. Their state, you know, the state of Mississippi puts out good players, but – you have some challenges. It, it, the population is not that huge. You have a lot of guys that struggle academically that end up having to go the junior college route. Um, and, and I think the great thing about the portal, like for Ole Miss and Mississippi State both, is, okay, so kids from that state go to JUCO, right? They go to junior college. Uh, some of them pan out beyond your wildest dreams. Some of them don't. Some of them aren't going to stay in state after junior college. Uh so now instead of having to like pick over the JUCOs and, 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 and go that direction and go heavy with junior college or, or as heavy, you know, they've always gone relatively heavy. Um, you just hit the portal. 
<laughs> I mean, and uh, you probably get in a lot of cases some better players because, you know, like in the state of Mississippi this year out of high school, Mike, Ole Miss signed three out of the top five, but there's just not that many, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's hard, especially when you're in that division. But uh, and, and in their state, too, you know, half of those kids always – I mean, it's not like – Everybody grows up dreaming of going to Ole Miss in that state. It's really a 50-50, maybe 60-40 Ole Miss. But, you know, a lot of kids in that state grow up dreaming of going to Mississippi State. So you kind of split. Even during the Hugh Freeze era, Ole Miss didn't get everybody. You know, they didn't get Chris Jones. And then Ole Mississippi State got some other guys. So uh, you're looking at – it's not so much the quality of the players that Ole Miss has access to, because you are right there near Memphis as well. It's the quantity. And if you can backfill with uh, quality guys from the portal, instead of having to backfill with, uh, you know, half with junior colleges and half with guys that you consider reaches, uh, your roster is going to be a lot more solid. You have a lot more depth and you're going to be a lot better positioned to compete year in and year out. And, and let me just say this too. We talk about Hugh Freeze at, at Ole Miss, and he did a fantastic job. But, man, Lane Kiffin, uh, I was thinking back through the history of the Ole Miss program. I don't know that there's anybody that's gotten off to a better start in three years at Ole Miss ever. I mean, the dude's 23 and 13, but but one of those years was a pandemic year uh where you know and he's won 14 sec games in three seasons um you know so the pandemic here you know they won four sec so they would have been like what eight and four otherwise that's a pretty doggone good start um now matt luke didn't leave it in terrible shape right like uh mm-hmm. like houston nut did for for freeze or like orgeron did for houston nut but um you know, I I just think it's impressive, you know, what uh, what he's done and the start he's gotten off to there. And shoot, you know, he's uh, he's rocking and rolling and, and elected to stay and not chase Auburn. And, uh, you know, I think we're really going to see him try to get them to that next level. You know what I'm saying? And see if he can take yeah. it even further. I, I had the benefit of knowing somebody very close to Lane uh, personally, not professionally personally and all the reservations that i had about lane knowing what i know about how things went down in tuscaloosa and other spots he truly has turned a corner in his personal life and i think that has paved the way for him to be a better coach and 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 to handle things better and to just be you know i think some people looked at lane as kind of bratty and just kind of the it just wasn't likable for a lot of people i think that's changed uh, I'm, I'm glad he's in the league. I think he's fun. I think he's entertaining. Um, certainly respect the job that he's done. And look, Ole Miss has always been a difficult job for all the great things about the Grove and everything else down there. Um, I'm going to be down there in a few days for a call basketball game. I love going to Oxford, but that's not an easy job at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I give Lane credit. And, and he, like you said, he has spurned down every rumor about him going here, there, and everywhere. If he hadn't left for all of that, I think you're pretty safe that Lane's going to be there a while. Like, I don't think that Lane is is has a wandering eye right now with, uh, with the Ole Miss job. All right, I'm going to pave the way for you, JC. 
to get into this Jaden Rashada deal because for a kid that's never thrown a pass or taken a snap in college football, boy, has he grabbed major headlines multiple times now. This is the kid that committed to Miami, then signed with Florida, uh, had supposedly, and again, we only know what we're allowed to know. Um, when, when these kids are truly what they want, like employees, all this will be public record. Uh, and you'll also have to sign contracts where you can't just back out of when you feel like it. There'll be two-year deals. There'll be three-year deals. Like If you really want all that, you want to live like an NFL player, uh, eventually you're going to have to have the same NFL player uh, challenges that they have. So the money is great, but there's things, there's levels of responsibility that come with that. But but the way it is now, as I understand it, JC, and and, and not to to bury the lead, so he backs out of his NIL deal with Florida, and so now he's 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 back out there. Um, <clears throat> he, he he's voiding the NLI deal with with Florida until that kid gets on campus. It's just like a verbal deal, right? Like you're not truly. Nothing is set in stone until you're on campus. I don't think you can sign an NIL NIL contract that um, is completely completely valid and and uh, I'm, mis- I'm messing up all my words here. I apologize. I'm trying. This is all new territory for us, right? But mm-hmm. as I understand it, and I could be wrong on this. The reason he's able to do this is because he hasn't been a student yet. Like if he was a student and everything was signed, the NIL people at Florida would be responsible for the 13 million or whatever it is over the course of his time in Gainesville. And the kid wouldn't be able to just back out the way he did. But because all this was agreed upon, but he's never stepped foot on campus. It's, it's really not worth the paper that it's written on. How how far off am I on all that? No, I mean, you're, you're not. There's there's some anecdotal uh, stories so far of guys not getting the NFL money there or NIL money they were promised. But um, here's why I think this thing's completely stupid, right? Um, the people in in the media that that were chirping really loudly last year about oh this is what a five star quarterback is just going to be worth. BS. Okay. <laughs> Uh, when you're talking about football and it being – now, look, Arch Manning's probably worth that in NIL money because you know why? He's a Manning. Uh, it doesn't matter if he ever plays. He's Peyton and Eli's nephew, right? <laughs> you know, he's got some value already. This guy's not even like a generational quarterback. This guy, you compare him to like Justin Fields as a recruit or Trevor Lawrence as a recruit or Jameis Winston as a recruit, anybody you want to compare uh, he doesn't. He's good, but is he is he this good? No. Um, so what happened was, I, I and he actually was committed to Florida to begin with, then flipped to Miami because Miami's just writing checks, right? Which, you know, you can you can write all the checks you want, but when you get your butt beat by Middle Tennessee, Duke, and Pitt at home, uh, a lot of good all that money did you, right? And it's it's uh, one I, guy we're talking about. It's the sugar dad. Yeah, one one guy doing the whole thing. And, and you know, and look, and this is my whole point. When people people that are fans of schools that don't really have a lot of nil money, they panic because they see all these numbers. And the bottom line is, it has really nothing to do with winning right now. I haven't seen a thing 
Uh, and look, the, the, the schools like Georgia and Alabama, when everybody was thinking, well, you know, they're falling behind with it or whatever. Yeah, it took about 10 seconds to get them caught up, right? <laughs> you know, and they're just, you never hear, you, I never hear anything about Alabama and NIL, nor Georgia. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Not a word. Um, and, uh, you know, so they're going to keep on keeping on. So, so, so this number one, this kid's not worth $13 million. Number two, with the collective down there, it's just freaking amateur hour, man. It's like, you know, uh, they didn't, you, you, you never promise a kid that much money. Right. And I think what it was, was maybe, maybe some of these folks, and I don't know that run the collective, they're, they're big Gator fans, which is understandable. They're passionate, competitive. They didn't like the fact the guy went to Miami. They don't like the guy at Miami writing checks. Now, I think it's ridiculous because it, that 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 th- those opinions exist more on the internet than in reality. Because if you look at the reality of Miami, whoo, they suck. <laughs> All right, that's the bottom line. Right now, they suck, and I don't think this class that they bought this time is going to be all that much better. Okay, uh, live in reality, right? Uh, so I get, and, and this kid is a really good fit for what Billy Napier likes to do on offense. I think he can really thrive in Billy's system. So I understand why they wanted him, but 13 million. Uh, and then uh, I think there's something to be said too, Mike, for a, a player that, you know, all right, so the 13 million fell apart. Well, I'm just not going to go there. Where are you going to get 13 million from? You know, uh, and his agent or, or the agent of, yeah, this guy had one of those agents out in California, which is, he, he who's also, you know, agents have their own kind of, you know, I guess, uh, angle with all this, uh, and, and he's running his mouth, you know, a while back about this is just a going price for a five-star quarterback. You know, he's one that wants to set the market. Well, <clears throat> if you don't know anything about college football, you don't know anything about recruiting and you don't know how this works, you don't need to be setting the market. And that goes from the writers at certain publications that, that, that want everybody to unionize and that are just all, you know, pushing for the sport to fall apart uh, and to the agents out there who are just, they, they don't know. I mean, go somebody, if you, if you do, if you do a research, if you go back there and research and you can tell me, well, this is the percentage because I have done the research of the five-star quarterbacks that end up being top five picks in the draft and Heisman trophy candidates, the percentage. Okay. Of the total number of five stars, you know, and that percentage gets up there. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll start thinking they're that valuable. But this this kid wasn't. And none of them, there's not a quarterback in this class that was, except Arch Manning, because he's a Manning, and because we're talking about NIL. Um, and I don't even think he got that. But um, you know, so so it's amateur hour that the collective did this. Uh I, I think there there was a lot of fandom going on there. Uh, I don't know where the athletic department was with all this. Um, you know, the administration apparently was in the dark. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know that it works that way at other schools, but uh, they also have another collective at, at Florida that I guess was supposed to help out, and uh, it just fell apart. So, you know, I just don't uh, – I mean – I, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, I guess the uh, uh, the dad said Napier is a leader of men. 
and Jaden is as happy as I've ever seen uh, him. Um, and the dad goes, it's new in the college landscape. It impacts recruiting NIL, but there are far more positives than negatives. The process was not great. It was not perfect. Just trying to make the right decision for your son. Um, and uh, it's like, uh, you know, that's complete crap. <laughs> the leader of men and all those platitudes, no, it's about money. Just say it is, you know, and, and all that good stuff. So I'm like, uh, you know, so now that they're out, of, you know, they're, they're trying to get out of the, the, the letter of intent. And if I'm the NCAA, this is my one opportunity to say, now nah, you got to sit out because uh, they can't really regulate NIL right now, but they can make an example out of people that, that do stuff like this, uh, which really is, is unfortunate for everybody. They won't do so, it, though. Nah, they won't. You know, they'll they, let him Not out, this NCAA. But, they'll lay down mm, because they – they they feel like they can't win a lawsuit to save their lives. They 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 cannot win a lawsuit to save their lives. So if they sense anything is going to go to court, and I'm sure Jaden's camp would threaten that, uh, um, the NCAA will will cower in the corner. I I don't I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think uh, you know we're still in the wild wild west, and this is a classic example of it. By the way, Florida will probably look to. Uh, a transfer former Wisconsin quarterback, Graham Mertz now as the leading contender for quarterback. They don't have much there, um, mm -hmm. which is. He's which okay is though. He, he's solid. He's, he's good. Yeah. He's right. Like, solid. I mean, just like the Ohio state transfer they had last year was supposed to be uh, solid. You know I mean? They just, they don't have, they're not getting the, uh, the, the program changing quarterback. And that's what they, that's why I think a lot of the, uh, the big money uh, Gator boosters there were like, well, let's get this kid. Like this is this is not your, this is not your older brother's Florida. This is now the new. We spend. We're not afraid to spend money, Florida. And we got these facilities now. And we got this and we got that. So overpay if you have to. And as you mentioned, thirteen million dollars is overpaying for this kid. But sometimes you overpay to get something you really feel like you need. Uh, but in this case, that is. Uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be more stories like this. Oh yeah. Maybe not quite to this extent, but the, the ugliness of what we have, which again is full fledged pay for play and free agency. And this is what you and I talked about for years. When NIL did come down the pike, I think the Pollyannish, uh, camp that thought this was just going to be, well, the kid gets a deal with the local barbecue place and he makes $500 a month, and every week they give him a free full rack with a side of green beans and baked potatoes and unlimited banana pudding and sweet tea, and that's the way it should be. By golly, these kids deserve it. Like, that's what the way people were painting NIL. Yeah, it's not like a good deal for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? For you I'll take I, that. That's a sweetheart deal. Well, we'll get those folks to be a sponsor on J.C. and Morgan. Um, <laughs> but in reality... That's never what it was going to turn out to be. And you had to be able to see this. I mean, like you, it just, you didn't have to be Nostradamus to realize with no guardrails, everyone was going to take advantage of this, and it was not going to be true market value. Again, I digress. I don't want to get go down that path again. Yeah, and I'm not even, it, it, I'm not, I've never been anti any of this. I've just always acknowledged what it would be and that if you didn't have guardrails in place, 
that this was the mess that was going to be left. And it's exactly what we have. This is not and, 2020 hindsight. Go back and listen. Uh, yeah. This is what, podcast number 184? Go listen to like 84, 124, 154. We talked about this. We laid it out for you, chapter and verse. And everything that we said it was going to look like is exactly what it's turned into. And if you don't have a problem with any of it, well, that's fine. Um, I would argue this is not exactly great for the sport, the way it's being uh not monitored, but the lack of, of monitored, the, the, the lack of any type of guardrails or any type of structure. Uh, it's the number one thing that coaches complain to me about all year long. I mean, without fail from Nick Saban to the head coach of a Mac school that I was calling on Wednesday night, they all said the same thing. It's got to be changed. It's got to be rectified that. And of course the early signing period, which we talked about uh, last week. All right, where are we going from here, JC? I'm kind of all over the map today. You know, there's no Haney, there's no Haney five. We're just kind of, we're just kind of riffing. Yeah, you know, I, I think that was pretty much. Uh, that was just about it. Wasn't it? Something else, yeah. <laughs> Rashad, we got it in under Rashad, an hour. Man, the Rashad thing gets me though, man. It's just like I can't even believe. I mean, that, that's stupid money. I mean, for. For what? I mean, you know, and, and that, that's the thing too. And a lot of schools I'm talking to that are like, all right, this is uh, this is the reality of this right now. You know, they're starting to, you know, instead of using NIL as a recruiting inducement, which is technically illegal anyway. I don't, I don't understand why where the NCAA is on all this, where clearly there was an inducement, you know, for the guys to come. What they're more worried about is keeping their guys. You know, in other words, starting them, you know, have money there for them that's, you know, guaranteed through a collective or whatever, and then build them up as time goes on because they're worried guys are going to bolt, right, for, for better deals uh, somewhere else. Um, I think that's a smarter way to, to do it. Uh, I think having it based on merit a lot is good. You know, give them something to start with. You know, yeah, you're a great recruit, but I've compared it to this many times, Mike. You know, paying these guys $13 million, which is, shoot, does a rookie quarterback in the NFL even make that over four years? I suppose he does, um, depending on what he's drafted. Paying this $14 million, I mean, that, that's like most li the, the guy that won most likely to succeed in my high school graduating class. That's like handing him a contract for, you know, $10 million and handing him a scalpel and say, hey, go operate, hmm. surgeon. <laughs> it's high school, dude. Nobody, I mean, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, like, even even the sports where you can go straight preps to pros, like like basketball used to be, how many were like four or five guys over 10 years that that, that got it and turned into superstars? I mean, LeBron, you got Kobe, you got Jermaine O'Neal, you got Kevin Garnett. Um, shoot, there's got to be somebody else. I mean, but uh, I know I'm missing somebody. I'm not really an NBA guy, either. but. I mean, ba baseball guys, you know, they get a fat, some of them get a fat signing bonus, but then they got to go sit and ride a bus to small little towns across. The I mean, the point is you have to pay your dues, right? You have, and in this sport, football is unforgiving. Uh, so you're going to have a whole bunch of guys that have a, ch would have a chance to live their dream and, and play the sport that aren't going to be able to play dead in a movie in three years because they don't develop. And the other people that are hungry, 
pass them. Mark my words, that'll happen, Mike. You can't just this game. You you cannot just rest on your laurels and and, and you know why do rookie quarterbacks struggle in the NFL? Because they have to get better and develop to be better at that level. You know why why do why do you never want to play freshman in college football hardly? Well, because they've got to develop and be better. Um, so so if you're going to gamble and pay somebody thirteen million, that that dude better be like a no brainer. He better be Adrian Peterson coming out. Uh, and you hit on a key you know? point. It's not the Georgias and Alabamas that are going that that route because they don't have to. No, they um, care about winning. Yeah, <laughs> right. But but they're already set up to. They're already set up in a way that they're like machines. And again, it, as I always point out, it's never guaranteed for life, but they're like machines that they just, they don't have to go that route. These are schools that were once prominent that are not prominent at the time, at the present time. And they feel like they have to make, go that extra mile. So they they have to go ahead and do something to change the flow of mediocrity, or in some cases worse, that they've been going through. And that's where a lot of it comes from. Uh, I mean, you go back to the old Southwest Conference days. Who were the programs that were spending the most? Everybody was buying players, but it was the SMUs that said, we're tired of like being irrelevant and watching all these other heavyweights from our home state of Texas and Oklahoma and let's just go ahead and outspend them again, sometimes desperate moves, desperate measures. Yeah. And, and so, and, and, so I, I think you're seeing some of that. I, I, it is to a certain extent, but I also say this, you're, you're, you're not, you weren't talking about with, with like Eric Dickerson, for example, whatever he got in his car or whatever, that's not, I mean, and it was probably what, 60, 70,000 bucks back then. That's not the equivalent of 13 million today. No. Maybe a no. hundred thousand, you know? I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like the, the, the media and some of these agents and then the just incessant hype around this sport that many people have started to care about more than winning football games. Uh, that's going to be the downfall. The, the answer is, hey, if you've got 13 million, you don't spend it on one player unless I said it's like like it's Adrian Peterson or you know a a a proven quarterback who's going to get. I mean, and I, I just don't you know spend it on everybody. And, and I tell you, and spend it on keeping your current players intact, and you're going to win more than Miami. I promise you that right now because you know all this buying recruits, all it does is like child celebrities, right? Eighty percent of them, you never hear from them again. Right. There's very few Drew Barrymore's. Right. And even she had some issues because you're so young and you're you've got boy band. You had a lot of issues. Yeah. You got boy band money. And the only thing you you did was win the high school superlative. Of, you want a talent show in high school, you know, and now you're making money like a boy band. You know, where's your motivation to go dance, learn a new dance routine or get some new clothes or, I mean, yeah, it's all about, I mean, I, I just don't understand this whole notion of that. Just so, you know, fans can brag on signing day. Well, now we got, we got Jaden Rashada. Oh my God. We're taking over the sec. Well, man, I may as well take that $13 million and go to Vegas and put it on 11 black and see if I can't double that for you, because you've got just as much chance of that hitting. As, as you pay a Jaden Rashad of 13 million, get out of here. Well, Come I on, think, man, I think a lot of 
a lot of the lessons being learned here, not just by the players, yeah, but by by the schools and their um, you know, their collectives and boosters and all that. You're going to have to get burnt a, a couple of times before you realize that maybe it ain't worth it, right? So instead of spending 13 million on one kid that may or may not pan out at a position that can be extremely hard to forecast, maybe spread that out to like 26 kids and make a half million dollars that uh, that really help your program get better top to bottom. These are these are lessons that very often are learned the hard way, and and maybe that's how that's going to come down because it's it's still new to them too. If somebody just says, "Hey, we got to we got to get this kid." Okay, okay, here's here's money, um, but eventually they're going to want ROI like everybody else, return on investment. Yeah. Even rich people don't like losing money. Even even wealthy wealthy people, if you have them invest in something and they don't get the return on investment, they get pissed off. They get mad, and the hell if they're going to pay for another one like that. So, uh, who knows how this is all going to look five years from now? But man, oh man, is it messy now? Uh, and look, we're not the commissioners of the sport. I, it, it doesn't like, it doesn't hurt me personally. I, I just, I, I think it's, I don't think it's great for the sport, the way it's going down that I do care about one way or another. So anyway, uh, again, our thanks to blue Delta jeans, blue Delta jeans.com proud sponsor of JC and Morgan hope to have, uh, Mr. Haney back next week. He's still on the road. The hot Haney five will be in uh, full effect when he returns and, JC, who knows what the next news tidbit will be between now and a week from now. Okay, yeah, I do have one thing that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is, you know, he's under investigation by the NCAA, right? Because he allegedly misled them. Um, and he's refusing to give in. And I don't blame him, you know, because uh, I know a little bit about their NIL situation in Michigan. And their philosophy is if a player mentions NIL first conversation, we're not recruiting them anymore. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure I know how he feels about all this. So, so that's something to watch too. You know, why is the NCAA picking on Jim Harbaugh all of a sudden? That's <laughs> interesting. Very, very interesting. So that's something to watch too moving forward. Jim just can't stay out of the news one way or another. Uh, good stuff. JC, always uh, appreciate it. I know you've got stuff to tend to. Uh, I'm about to hit the road and head to – Lovely Missouri, Como, which there is no easy way to get there from Atlanta. So you fly to St. Louis, you drive mm-hmm. two hours, or you fly to Kansas City, you drive two hours, and eventually you get to the home of the Tigers. They'll be taking on Alabama. And uh, I know we talk 99% football here, but you folks, if you haven't seen Brandon Miller, 6'9", freshman for the Tide, you're missing the best freshman in the country and maybe the best player in the country. He is a talent, no doubt. Enjoy it as always for JC. This is Mike saying so long. We'll see you next week on JC and Morgan.